This podcast contains adult language, mature situations, examples of exemplary men on vacation, quirky situations, random events, and an overview of 2019. Listener discretion is advised. Spark and Mong Review, episode 348, Saint Young Men. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review, some podcast and reviews about connectively enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Yes, and more important than that, happy New Year's Eve. Hope you're doing well, hope you're doing awesome, and this is the end of 2019, a year where we got a lot of episodes out, a lot of things happening. I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connected enhanced narratives. What the hell does that mean? Well, pretty much every episode we talk about one or two geeky topics. Since it's the manga review, obviously we talk about manga. And we tell you the pros and cons about it. How the art style is, the characters are, the overarching plot. And if the manga is worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I and my co-hosts say. But we try to be educational, exciting enlightening and most importantly entertaining you can find any of our last 500 episodes at www.spirakin.com that's s-p-i-r-a-k-n we're also on twitter tumblr instagram facebook youtube spotify apple itunes apple Podcasts, and various other social media sites just type in Spark, and I guarantee you find us one way or another and if you have any questions or comments or concerns you can email me personally at zan that's x-a-n at spirekin.com yes so with that in mind let's get to it chai because this is the end of 2019 yes and while i have not finished our decade in review which is coming we have an episode that's dedicated to the last decade we've got a little bit of a primer for you on things that came out in 2019 that were pretty awesome specifically the u.s manga releases that came out and a couple of movies that came out in 2019 that were really cool now, for the manga releases, the one that I was super excited for, the one that I'm so happy about that came out, is Way of the House Husband. Yakuza guy ends up becoming a house husband and being the best he can be. Supposedly there's a live-action version I've seen, but I digress. This manga is one which it's empowering by its simple premise of a Yakuza guy trying to break it good. And I love it so much how devotee is as a husband and how insane the basic concepts get with his spin on it. You can check out our review of it in episode 314 of the podcast, which is really awesome. The next manga, which was totally amazing that we got to talk about, is Yankees, which that's such an absurd premise. It is just a bunch of cats walking around, and then when you look at the cats, they're people. I love it. It's such a great, unique premise, and it's a lot of fun. I love how it's a whole gangster, like all the street cats, they're all gangsters, and just the scene of him as a cat sitting in the box all happy and then it goes into him as a human trying to get out of the box that's just so weird and and bizarre personally i think the new film cats should have done it like that where you saw him as actual cats and then they transform into like people like cats i think that would have done it a, a much better service but again i'm getting off topic that was reviewed all the way back in episode 315 Another manga which I was really excited about that came out this year is Comey Can't Communicate. Uh, the story of a socially awkward girl who has problems communicating and all the crazy individuals around her who all have communication problems. One can't lie, one flirts with everybody, so on and so forth. And while it is a tried and true, oh, let's just have a ensemble cast, 
I kind of enjoyed the premise of social anxiety being the focal point of that. And I did like how that was done. And that was reviewed in episode 336. So what else did we have that was released that was pretty awesome? I mean, you got B-Stars, which that came out two months ago. The anime is amazing. And this is a story which I thought originally was, it's just Zootopia. No, it's not. It's a murder mystery. It's social class system. And it's done so well. When I reviewed an episode 332, it was just such a refreshing, a gasp of fresh air. Yes, it's a little pervy, but... I gotta say, it's enjoyable in its own merit, and it's not a copy of Zootopia, and I do love that fact. Some of the other ones which came out which were a lot of fun, you had Skullface bookseller Honda-san, the story of a weird bookseller who has a skull face. Simple as that. It's weird, it's very forkomy, but I gotta say, it fits that niche, which is so weird. I can't wait to review it on the podcast. It's been on the Wheel of Manga, but it has failed miserably cutting on there. Uh, we have Yoritsai Atsuro finally getting a release, and I'm so happy that another one of Rumiko Takahashi's series was now available again. The original release was weird, and I'm happy that it's now an omnibus. I was so happy to get the first volume, and I gotta say, the story of Lum and Hataru, it still fits in this modern day, even though it was made in the 70s. Now, one of the weirder mangas I haven't reviewed yet, Cats of the Louvre, is a story of a bunch of cats who visit the famous museum, the Louvre, and their impressions and interpretations about it. It is a weird one-shot, which I've heard so much about. Again, it's on the wheel. I've been spinning for it, but it does not come because the wheel dictates everything, and that's how it works. But hopefully this year, 2019, we'll have it. But it's a great release. Now, the title we're reviewing today, that's a final little home run, i got to say. But I'm going to review it today. We'll talk about that release But I don't want to give too much away yet. So let's get to the final manga release that was so pivotal and so crazy. And I gotta say, this one scratches an itch that I didn't even know I had. We're talking about No Gun Life. The insane story of a detective who is transformed into a being with a gun on his head. And all the other weird individuals in this weird, psychotic town. It scratches that noir itch, but also has this weird mystery going on. And it's weirdly violent and beautiful I gotta say this fills the hole which Black Lagoon and Cowboy Bebop filled and also Gangsta so this is that iteration so for that kind of macho machismo craziness that's where this fits so now that that's out of the way let's get to the anime of 2019 because 2019 had some great anime releases and some of them I gotta say I was a little surprised at uh that I liked it so much. The first one is obviously Studio Mappa's release of Dororo. That was immaculate. It's a retelling of an old Tezuka story that added so much nuance to it. I love the design of it. I love the overall story and the changes they did make. And it made the story feel new and different. And it's one of those stories that I recommend to non-anime fans because it is so beautiful And you can get into it. It's just the story of a guy trying to get his body back from demons and the repercussions of that. Because every time he gets happy, the world will get sad. So the question is, should he give up his happiness for the world to be happy? I kind of love that about that series. Another guilty pleasure of mine was uh, My Roommate is a Cat. Gotta love that. It's just such a weird little series that was so fun. 
that I had fun seeing the story of Haru-chan and her perceiving the world. You have the Quintessential Quintuplets, a hugely addictive series that it's like crack. You want to know what happens and everyone has their favorite twin. We got season two coming out in 2020 and I'm surprised that everyone has their own unique favorite, but I gotta say, Miku's the best. That's my rule, and that's what I'm saying. I'm the host of this podcast, and it's gonna be Miku all the way. But, again, I can't show favorites. Gotta be good, gotta be strong. Anyway, so what other anime came out? There was Ascendance of a Bookworm, a nice Isekai series involving a girl who wants to make books. Was inventive and different. Notice I did not have the manga on our manga releases. The reason why is it didn't get a legitimate manga release. It got a ebook release. And I'm so pissed about that because it's a story about making books. Wouldn't it make perfect sense to release that as an actual book and not as an ebook? Come on, J Novel Club. Get your act together. Anyway, you have Kaguya Sama Love is War, the ultimate clash of boy versus girl into saying who will love who was invigorating and different you have rise of the shield hero can't forget that and also demon slayer amazing shonen series which had some great action and had some of the best characters out there finally last one we're going to talk about is dr stone dr stone a series about being frozen waking in the future where there's nothing going on and we have to bring it to the present oh i completely forgot there are two others i have to bring up because they are that amazing. First one is Carol and Tuesday. Carol and Tuesday, one of the best series I've seen. I love it. It is a great series about friendship, music, and just a weird spin on the future. I wish that they made more series like that. And finally, the last one, one which I'm a little upset about because, let's be honest, it was not a good release. We're talking about Seven Seeds. Took a great premise, took 19 volumes, and crammed it into seven episodes. Yeah, less said about that, the better. I could rant about that. I actually did an episode that I never released because, let's be honest, you guys who've been listening for a long time know I'm a huge Seven Seeds fan. I was really pissed about the release. I really was. I recorded it three times in the last recording. I just had so much vitriol. I was like, I cannot release this in good conscience to talk about it. If you guys want me to release it, Email me, zanspirekin.com. I'll do a release for it, a future release, just to get my thoughts out of the way on the series. Because, let's be honest, it it left a bad taste in my mouth. (sighs) Anyway, off of the anime topic, let's get to the other big release we have, which are films of 2019. We're doing in our recap for the decade, we're going to have the 50 best films of the decade. But... For 2019, I have here the 19 best films from 2019 in no particular order. I just threw this list together and I put 19 down because I think it was a nice touch. And the films that were the best for 2019 you have. You've got Promare, the story of the greatest firefighting idiot in the universe. A great studio trigger anime. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It's one of the best animes I've seen in a long time. I'm excited to get this on Blu-ray. The soundtrack is amazing. And getting Greta to watch it with me was the best. I've seen it two times. Once once in the original release. And the second time was the Redux with the special additional five minutes. And the additional five minutes was very strange. Fun and fit, but really weird. Also, they had a sing-along at the end, which was 
And people were actually singing. That was the funniest part. There were people singing in the theaters. But I digress. Next one. You had Knives Out. Yes. The ensemble cast murder mystery bringing back that old style which we thought was forgotten or had to be an adaptation. This was an original premise that was done really well by Ryan Johnson, especially after that whole incident with The Last Jedi. I gotta say, my faith was shaken. This kind of brings him back a little bit. So I'm saying, if you have an original premise, do it. If you're adapting something, leave it alone, Ryan. Anyway, we reviewed this in our, you know, mini-movie review. We'll talk about that later. Next one, Jojo Rabbit. Yes, the Taika Waititi satire about a little boy whose imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. Set in World War II, it is a film which starts off sad, raises up, and then gets happy at the end. Well, a little happy, not too much. It gave me the feels and felt a little bit like Life is Beautiful, where it's happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad, sad, sad. And there's some great elements that Taika Waititi did in the film. And this shows how good of a director he is because of the little nuances. I never released a mini movie review i may have to rectify that if i can find someone to talk to with me about it because greta will not watch it reasons so after that let's get to the one that all of you've wanted me to talk about and one i've reviewed and enjoyed the culmination of 11 years of sitting through films 24 films in fact yes we're talking about avengers endgame the culmination of all the marvel cinematic universe's works into one film which all I have to say is listen to my review. It is so... It says everything I need to say about it. Just, yeah. It, I, the movie's one of the best of the year. Um, except for the next one, which we'll talk about, which I think is a little better. And we're talking about Alita Battle Angel. The anime manga adaptation that could. Yes, it is a total ripoff of the anime. But James Cameron did a good job showcasing that. Taking an anime premise that most people would have thought was insane and making it viewer friendly. So many non-anime fans I know saw it and loved it. And they want to know where did all this come from? What is this? And they found it's a manga and they want to read the manga because the manga is so crazy and out there. But they love it. I really hope it gets a sequel. It totally deserves one. Let me know what you guys think. So movie number six is going to be Us. Yes, the Jordan Peele film involving the tethered, twisted, dark, a lot of social commentary. I think it was well done. And also all the actors having to do double roles was spot on. Another one I didn't do the review for, but it's one of those ones I enjoy very much. Number seven, The Long Shot. Yes, it's a weird film involving... Seth Rogen being the bumbling idiot who ends up hooking up with Charlize Theron, the super hot presidential candidate, and seeing a romantic comedy where the roles are reversed, where the guy isn't the well-to-do guy, it's the girl has everything together and she falls in love with the bumbling guy. Yes, this has become a new standard for the world, but I gotta say, I enjoyed it. It put the rom-com concept on its head, and I think it's an excellently developed film i think it's just a good feel-good film that makes you laugh and it's quirky and different but i think that's all i could say so that's all she wrote about that movie so the next one is a film which i was kind of surprised came out because it came out of nowhere it's a weird indie film but i love it 
We're talking about yesterday, a film involving a guy who gets knocked out and wakes up in a world where the Beatles didn't exist. Now, there's some total BS about that because without the Beatles, a lot of musical conventions would never have happened. But we'll go with it. Maybe he's in a coma. Who knows? It was a premise which shouldn't have worked, but I dig it. Again, a, a film which shouldn't have worked, but did work. Now, the next film is one which I f- am pissed it didn't get nominated for Best Film of the Year. I feel that it is a sad but beautiful film. And one which, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching it. And after watching it, you're going to probably want to go and give whatever elder family member you have, grandmother, grandfather, granddad, a hug. Talking about The Farewell. Aquafina nailed it. She did a great job in this. She knocked it out of the park with this film about a granddaughter who discovers her nai is passing away, but her family isn't going to tell her she's sick. They're going to say there's a huge, giant party. And they're going to all be there to, for the party, and she's going to be involved. The premise of having to choose between the good of the person versus the good of the family, it's compelling, different. And there are little elements which I I just really enjoyed with this film. I think that's all I can... Well, let's get to the next one, because going from this sad moment, we're going to the the film which was nominated for Best Film, a film which I'm just shocked and awed by how much hype it had for what it was. We're talking about Joker. Joaquin Phoenix definitely is going to be getting the Best Actor of the Year for this film about a person, Arthur Fleck, who goes crazy and becomes the eponymous Joker subversive, dark, not as violent as everyone says, oh, it's a super violent movie. There's only three deaths in the whole fucking movie. Well, four. And apologize for my cursing, but yeah. Joker, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. Again, I reviewed it. You can listen to my review and get my full points on it. It's a micro-review. Just check our review archive. Halfway through the list, and now let's get to the resurgence of Eddie Murphy. Dolomite is my name. The origin story of Dolomite. The story of Rudy Ray Moore and how he became the comedian sensation who created Dolomite is done with such finesse. This brings Eddie Murphy back. He was has been for a long time. He is back to being the best he could be, and that's why it's on my list for one of the best films of 2019, one of the most memorable films of 2019. If you haven't seen this on Netflix, watch it. It's funny, it's crash, it's rude, it's insane. The whole premise is, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, it's a lot of Eddie Murphy, but... Like they said, Dolomite is my name and fucking up bitches is my game. That's how that movie rolls and it is unapologetic and you love it for it. Sorry, need a second, gotta catch my breath because we're almost there. We're at number 12. Almost at the end of this list, and number 12 is The Lighthouse. A film with just two actors, Robert Patterson and William Defoe, in a enclosed space. Very claustrophobic, very Lovecraftian, a very unusual, weird movie, which I can't really even describe. And some people say, oh, how come you don't put Miss Midsommar on this list? Midsommar was, in my opinion, a rehash of The Wicker Man. There were some differences, but it's a fucking rehash of The Wicker Man. The original Wicker Man from 1970. We reviewed this Way back when. That's what I got to say about Midsommar. It's just a modern version of that. That's all it is. Except, except it's from the girl's point of view, not the guy's. 
Anyway, but Lighthouse, much better film. That's why Lighthouse is there, because it just, it fits so much better. It was original and weird and strange. I mean, the whole thing with the mermaid, but I'm digressing. I'm getting off topic, so let's get to it, because we want to finish this. We have The Irishman. Story of the guy who may or may not have killed Hoffa. A film which is the return of Martin Scorsese. And, again, hear my review about it. That's my opinion. I don't want to get into it here. I'll be here for four hours. Number 13 is interesting because number 13 is one that a friend of the podcast, someone who podcasts, talking about John Paul, a.k.a. Fightbait, worked on. He was a sound guy in there. It's kind of cool. We're talking about Adam Sandler's new film, Uncut Gems. The story of a Diamond District seller who has a gambling addiction and all the problems he has within two days due to an uncut gem that he has. This film is the film that could show that Adam Sandler is a great actor. If you thought that he was great in Punch Drunk Love, put it aside. This is a very different character. It's a character that you know he's a bad person because he makes horrible decisions, but you want him to do good. It just gets worse and worse for him. I gotta say, for a pessimistic film, it's well shot, it's frantic, it's frenetic, and it does make you feel unclean afterwards. But check it out if you have a chance. I think that if you can get past the whole, it makes no sense, you'll love it. Now the next film is the exact opposite. Uncut Gems is depressing and frenetic and crazy. The next film is uplifting, happy, and you'll put a smile on your face. We're talking about a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A kind of biographical film, but not really, about Mr. Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Played by Tom Hanks. If you have a rough day, this film will uplift you. Guarantee it. Not violent, not sad, and it just, it's like a warm hug. That's all I can say about it. So film number 16 is one which I didn't think would work when I first heard about it, because Jake Gyllenhaal, he's a crazy insane actor, but I never thought he'd be able to play a villain as amazing as Mysterio. Yes, we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. A film which takes place after Avengers Endgame. It shows the fallout of Endgame in a nice way. And it creates one of the best villains ever. Check out our review to hear more about it. And now we're up to number 17 in our list of the 19 best films of 2019, I've got to say. This one was a shock to me because I didn't hear any promotion for it. And then when I saw it, it was amazing. We're talking about 1917. A one-shot film, which is just in one take. Well, it's probably done multiple takes, but they've made it to this one continuous story following our main characters as they try to prevent a catastrophe from happening during World War One. Excellently done. Benedict Cumberbatch is amazing in this. And I gotta say, it's a film which I generally don't like war films, but I loved it. It's very intriguing and great. Now, from there, number 18 is one which we reviewed and... Greta was extremely happy about. And we're talking about the Downton Abbey motion picture. Hopefully we get a sequel. Check out our review to hear more about our thoughts about that film. I gotta say it did tie a lot of loose ends up. And it was done in a masterful way. Now, our final film. Number 19 of the movies of 2019. I know there's a lot of them we forgot. Because there were a bunch of great films. But this is one that stood out personally for me as best film for the year. And this one was an animated film that I thought was amazing. It was one which you wouldn't have expected because it was 
out there also was of a subject matter that had been repeated three times this year. What are we talking about? We're talking about Abominable. It's not a Disney film. It's one which takes place in a unique environment. We're talking about China, and it's just a great story about a Bigfoot that's trying to get home. If you haven't watched it, check it out. We have a review on the website. Definitely listen to it. Now, you're probably wondering, why did I use for our last one Toy Story 4? Well, Toy Story 4 I thought was okay. It was good, but it was not as good as Abominable. Abominable was kind of original and well done. And I know, original compared to, say, Small Feet and Missing Link. But I gotta say, Abominable was better than Missing Link, in my honest opinion. So, anyway. So that is our list of the top 19 films of 2019. And our top mangas and our top animes of 2019. Let us know what you think. Email us at spyrokin.gmail.com or me personally at zanspyrokin.com or comment in the show notes below your list for the top manga, anime, and movies of 2019. The rest of this stuff we're going to be talking about in our review of the last decade. Stay tuned for that. We're releasing it after the year's end, like I said, because it'll be interesting to release it in 2020. Be one of the more maverick people as opposed to doing it a month in advance. So... But I know I've been boring you guys with talking about other stuff besides manga. I'm talking about anime, movies, and some other manga. But let's talk about the manga releases from today. Because you, every Tuesday you have manga releases. And we got some very simple ones today. Only five. And they're all ones which I gotta say are well done. First one is Top Dance number 5, the manga. How Not to Summon a Demon Lord, the manga, volume 6. Magasuki, 11 through 13. Waiting for Spring Volume 12, and finally, What Did You Eat Yesterday? Volume 14. All these are very unique and diverse manga that each have their own personal setting behind it, and each one is different in their own way. I gotta say that What Did You Eat Yesterday is a manga that I want to cover on the podcast, and we are going to get to it eventually. It has been on the wheel. We'll eventually get to it, and it's one which, I gotta say, made me think after reading it. It tackles a difficult subject in a very unique way. One part cooking book, one part yaoi love story done. That's not yaoi style, it's more shonen eye, but it's done with such refinement. It's well done, one of the better vertical releases. Let me know which of these you want to get. And let me know what you're interested in for 2020. What manga releases you want to check out. Let me know. Like I said, show notes down below. And now that all that's out of the way, now you've done all of our stuff for the year, all our end-of-the-year stuff, let's get to the actual review of the episode. It's only been 26 minutes, so let's get to the review, and we're talking about the review. Because if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, The Wheel of Manga. And it dictated onto me that I'm reviewing a manga that was written by Hikaru Nakamura all the way back in 2006. It's still coming out. There's 17 volumes. It is a Kodansha release. And the Kodansha English publication release finally came out with a beautiful edition. I gotta say three volumes for the price of one with a hardcover with some nice inlay on it. It is an immaculate release. And I gotta say Kodansha did a good job releasing this. Especially for how controversial this title is. It's a sentence series that was released in Manga 2 magazine. And it is a comedy slice of life story that is very... Well, let's get to it. Because... The title of this is Saint Onisan, or as we know it over here, Saint Young Men. So, how could I describe Saint Young Men? Well, it sounds like a bar joke. It's Jesus Christ and Gautama Buddha, so two deities of a religion, 
are on vacation. That's it. The manga is they went to Japan on vacation. They're living there and all the little circumstances that happened behind it. It shows them at their best, at their worst, and in very weird ways. And there's an entire chapter which is devoted to Buddha trying to get Jesus something for his birthday. And he doesn't realize it's his birthday. It's Christmas, and he doesn't realize, hey, it's my birthday today. He's trying to set up a surprise party. He sets up a surprise party, and then they get there, and you see a huge light coming out of their apartment because everyone showed up. So all the saints, all the angels showed up to their apartment. They get there. And their landlady is like, you had a bunch of people in your apartment. You're not allowed to have a party. And a lot of them looked really weird, so I kicked them out. Like, really? You kicked everyone out for Jesus' birthday party? Jesus Christ's birthday party? Okay. So that's how it goes. (laughs) And it's a manga just about the daily life of these two on their vacation on the human realm. There's an entire chapter where they go to a theme park. And... Jesus Christ is loves everything. He loves to spend, and he is excited to buy all of the stuff that's there and see all these little things. He wants to go see the parade, and Buddha is just like, this is okay. It's great. The rides are all right. It's okay. The funniest part's in the beginning. They're looking at the prices, and they say, oh, anyone over 80 gets a senior discount, and he's like, uh, technically, we get a major senior discount. Yeah, but they're not going to buy that. No, they're not. They're not. So we'll, we'll say they were, were adults. So they get their adult tickets, even though they totally could because they're really old. At one point, they're asking Jesus' birthday. And he's like, uh, I think I'm 24. You're like, 24? How does that work? <laughs> I'm guessing by 24 centuries. I don't know. Uh, the way that they're designed and they're treated are exceptionally well. It's not a horrible gag story. They're treated with respect. And the things about them are... Good. I mean, it's nothing blasphemous in it. Um, a little bit of running jokes thing, like the fact that Jesus Christ, whenever he's stressed out, miracles happen. <laughs> so, like, he'll be sit- sitting there being stressed out over something, and there'll be a bunch of breads around him because he turns things into bread. And then um, the crown of thorns on his forehead will start to bleed randomly, or he'll be very just stressed out. Uh, Buddha, on the other hand, when he feels pious and he feels very holy, he glows. And it comes into some weird situations. The other part about it is that people confuse them. They think uh, they make fun of the fact that Buddha has big ears and he's like confused by it. Or, or drunk salarymen push the dot on his forehead thinking it's an elevator. Uh, Jesus gets constantly confused for other people. Like at one point they think he looks like Johnny Depp. Oh, what else is there? Um, there's an entire story arc where they're at a bathhouse and Jesus is he's super nice to everybody not judgmental, and he's talking to this young man who Buddha immediately realizes is a Yakuza thug. And he's talking to to Jesus about it. He's like, oh, oh, Don, son, what are you, what, you look tough, man. Who is this, this punch guy? He's like, that's my brother, he's my friend. Don't worry about it. And Jesus is talking very normally. Like, he asks him, oh, so I see you got that scar. Where do you get it from? He's like, oh, I got it from from some military personnel. He's like, you. oh, you were in prison? Oh, me too. I was in uh, a Tokyo prison. What about you? I was in Golgotha, which was the the mound where he was crucified. And then he's like, well, I, I did a stint for 10 years. He's like, I got out in three days. He's like, he's like, I, I was stuck and I returned in three days. He's like, well, how did you do that? He's like, it was the will of my father. Mentioning the resurrection of Christ, which is in Christian Catholic belief. And this guy thinks instead of it being that this is Jesus Christ, it's the Son of God, he's like, oh my God, this is 
this is a Yakuza boss's son. What am I doing? I'm, he's being so nice to me. So whenever he runs into him, he's like, oh my God, Don-san. He's like, he's like big brother because he thinks that he's, he's a mob boss and he's not. And this, this runs into a lot of little effects. Uh, he also, Jesus has a blog in this. And uh, Buddha is very, you know, doesn't like to spend money. And this is a lot of, and then, and then, and then, and then, because it's a comedy series that, it's, it just focuses on the concept that it's just what will they, these two come to today. Like I said, all the gags are about modern culture. There's nothing blasphemous or rude about it. They take a lot of respect with the theology and with the uh, concepts of Buddha and Jesus. And I do appreciate that. The respect that's given to these religious beliefs I find to be excellent and fascinating now no matter what like i've said early on i don't bring in any religious or politics onto the podcast so leave it at that so the art style is great the character design is great and the story is fun and different um it does suffer from the potentiality of it just running its course of getting old after a while but so far the first volume which is three volumes so three volumes are hysterical excellent and well done I do want to read more of this. For that in mind, I'm going to have to give Saint Young Men really, really, really frowning cool. Because we're talking about Jesus Christ and Buddha, I'm going to be very respectful. So, this is really, really, really frowning cool. If you don't read this now, you're going to have a rough day. No blasphemous stuff at all with this. So, let me know what you guys think. If you disagree or agree with me, at uh, sparkin at gmail.com. Also, I forgot, fun fact, um, Buddha at one point gets stuck in a manga cafe overnight because the train stopped working and he ends up reading Osamu Tezuka's Buddha and he brings up the fact, oh my god, this guy gets me so much. Nice little touch. Nice touch. So anyway, back to what we were saying. So, either way. Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparker.com. You can email me personally at zansparker.com. We are on Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of the various social media sites. Just check out Spirekin on a search engine. I guarantee you'll find us one way or another. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, random question of the day, like I said, is what is your top manga of 2019? And with that in mind. So let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that one. That only. The, the Wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, a wheel of manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the wheel of manga? The wheel of manga is a wheel of fortune with ten slots on it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to spin that wheel, whatever number it lands on. The manga that is corresponding to that spot is the manga I'm reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin Manga Review, episode 349. I gotta say, starting 2020 with a new manga is going to be a lot of fun. Hope you guys have been great. Hope you guys have a great new year, and let's spin into a review, shall we? Very good spin. It's still going. Taking a while. Wow. It's never this long. Number nine. So, in the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing a manga that apparently is super popular, that has lots of followers, and I actually have never read about. What are we talking about? We're talking about Golden Kamui. So I'll let you guys know how that is when I binge read half of it before the first episode. So 
I got one day to do this because I'm recording this on the 31st, and the 1st is tomorrow, so I gotta go to a Barnes & Noble, see if it's still open, and review it. But anyway, I guess that's it for this episode. Guys, thank you for listening for the last 13 years. Hope you guys have a great New Year's, and let's enter the 20s with a smile on our face and a manga in our hand. This is your Hosan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time.